Hey folks, welcome to the Eat Wild Podcast. It's Dylan here, and I'm sitting in my home studio with a good friend and happy partner, Kenny P. And I want to welcome Selena to the podcast. And this is a good friend, hunting hunting partner, as well as an Eat Wild mentor, and been around Eat Wild for a while. Hey, Selena. Hi, gang. Hey, Um, We thought we would... Hey, hey, Jenny. Hey, Dylan. Nice to have you back. It's good to be back. Yeah, that's fun. And we're, we're last time we hung out, we were sort of sitting over a observing the everything that happens after you know, the gut pile on the side of the hill and ravens and the eagles and the vultures. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun hunting. Beautiful view. Yeah. Nice setting. Totally. That was a beautiful spot. So if you haven't caught that, that was our last podcast and we went we got into the tips and tricks of the road hunter. Was and now we're going to talk about, we're going to transfer that over to a different animal? Yeah, we're going to move on from tips. This is like the opposite. This is the opposite of bear hunting. This is the opposite of truck hunting. This is the very opposite. This is the very opposite. This is the, everything like, if you wanted to make a hunt hard, we're doing we're doing that. So It's where my trepidation lies. Yes. It will be so far from my truck. It will be so far <laughs> from your truck. All of the tips, there's no cup holders. There's... <laughs> No cup. I'm gonna put one on my boat. We may talk about that when it gets to the gear. Yeah, uh, part of the podcast. We could put that on. Okay, let's reel it back, and we'll just introduce. So, thanks for being here uh, and putting up with us. And we're we're gonna do a try and pull together a bit of a podcast ahead of dinner here. So, this series, I'm kicking off a series of of, of podcasts, and Jenny and Selena and I are planning probably the biggest adventure hunt that I've done so far, and. I thought it would be fun if we could capture a few aspects of this trip. So not just the sitting over the gut pile part and re- reliving, recapturing the the uh, the animal. Three uh, three gut piles. Three gut piles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we hopefully will capture that down the road. Yes. Got it. Um, expectation management. Yeah, expectation management. We'll get into that. No, but I want to talk about the planning process. So, like, we're right now. It's it's basically Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. Um, and, uh, we're, we're start we, we did some pretty big steps in our planning process. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about the planning and then some of the research that we're doing and some of the gear stuff. And so we're, we're going to start that out and hopefully we'll be able to build on this podcast with a few other of the pieces of information gathering, training, preparation, hopefully capture some of the story while we're out there on the adventure and then wrap it up with some beautiful meals and talk about that too with the rest of our friends. So that's, that's hoping to do a series of podcasts on that. So I, you guys are on board for this? Absolutely. As long as they finish with dinner. Yeah. They're always, <laughs> always, always these podcasts. And always, I always, with every podcast, I usually, we end up having a meal together. So we've just gotten smart about having the podcast before dinner. That way yes. the podcast is shorter and more succinct. And then, um, yeah, dinner usually goes long, and there's the wine involved, and then you do a podcast, and well, there's the results of showing in our tracker. So, kicking things off, I want to first acknowledge that we are here uh, in on the traditional territories of the Musqueam, uh, Tsleil-Waututh, and and Squamish First Nations. And uh, today we were in Squamish territory, hanging out, rafting the the uh, Mamcram River in a heavy flood day, so big river that was pretty fun, and. Uh, and I think we're planning a big trip, and I think we're going up to the. Oh, I don't know whose territory we're heading into. It might hmm. north. Oh, I could. My lad, I could look. Okay, that's something to do. Part of the planning. At least know where we're going, right? We're going to northern BC. So, so, Selena, what? Um, 
what was the first you heard about this sort of adventure trip with with me and Jenny? When did this come into your purview? Let's see. There were there were a lot of uh, conversations, a lot of hope around uh, getting up as far north as possible and spending some time up there looking for elk. And this was a few months back, and we were saying, oh, late September, no, early September, we'll head up there. And then it evolved from there, but I was on board right from the beginning. So regardless of how it evolved, I was still coming out. Well, there was an unfortunate situation. You did have a once-in-a-lifetime trip planned for France, I believe. That's right. And you had a whole yeah. crew of folks, and you were going to go celebrate your 33rd birthday there or something? Yeah, I think it was the seventh anniversary of my 33rd birthday we were going <laughs> to celebrate. What's your birthday? And <laughs> it was in March. Okay. And just before this, um, it was going to be late March that we were all going to head out to France. And unfortunately, as things became more and more apparent that international flight wasn't going to be a thing, things became more and more real that the trip to France wasn't going to happen. And as that became more and more real, I had to call more and more of my friends and let them know that, that it was going to happen. Is not going to happen. So you were basically canceling the party on all your friends, which I saw this as an opportunity. Yeah, France has lost our game. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> I knew you were going to have like like I'm sure a trip like this was a five thousand dollar trip. So I was like, hey, I've got a five thousand dollar trip that you might want to participate in. It's just like France, great charcuterie, lots of true, lots of sausage and yeah. cheese, likely on this trip. That's the one thing that will travel well on this adventure. Um, no wine. Likely, maybe no. some bagged wine. Maybe on the way back. Maybe on the yeah. yeah. Uh, but very similar, similar like, yeah, great. Well, uh, there's not really any art necessarily, uh, but it's like pre-art. No one's quite painted it that I've seen yet. I'm sure it's been painted. It is a muse. Like it would be. It inspires ah, art where we're going. It inspires. It. It's the most tremendous landscape. Anyway, we thought we saw you as a potential free agent available for hire, so we targeted you early on in the process, being such a fun person to hang out with, and then also potentially, you know, maybe it was. I imagine the disappointment of not going to France and replacing that potentially with yeah, and a badass hunter. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of resources and 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 um, hope and expectation tied up in that one trip, and then that one trip went away. It, it was it was pretty sad. But then this new opportunity showed up. It's like fantastic. Now I can move all of those resources into this new trip. Perfect. So that probably is. I got a few bullets here. One of the things we talked about is like kind of planning your team and figuring out, you know, when you. Go on an adventure like this. So we should maybe preface. You want to just give the highlights of what Jenny, what the trip concept is, and that'll go into that'll help remember the rules. We're gonna fly up north, shoot three sheep and two elk, <laughs> and raft down a river. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up. I mean, there is a section on managing expectations we haven't got to, and Jenny's still working on that. <laughs> we, we, so I, I, there's, a, there's a few spots up north that, that uh, uh, well, I, I, as I probably mentioned in previous podcasts, I kind of got in a fascination with pack rafts. I've been into rafting for a few years, and then the evolution of that has led me to pack rafting, which is these ultralight packs or ultralight rafts that you can hike in, or in this case, we're going to fly in 
to the headwaters of a river in the Rocky Mountains. That shall remain unnamed. That's just the rules. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so, um, so we call it the Rocky Mountain River. Uh, but we're to fly in, we get dropped off and we'll, we'll kind of hunt our way down this river system. And we have somewhat, you know, it's a very difficult river to navigate in terms of like jet boats can't run up it. Um, you can't necessarily get a big raft down because there's sections of it that are unsuitable for a big raft and it's just too heavy to move the raft around. So these pack rafts offer a unique opportunity to, to drift down, um, and access some terrain that's probably not, I mean, it's still hunted by guides and other people who have access to airstrips that we don't have access to, but still it's a unique opportunity and it's a big piece of country that we can, you know, enjoy rafting down it. And then, and hopefully we'll access some sheep country early in the trip and then transition to, you know, uh, we're going to float through quite a bit of elk country on the way out. So if everything works out, maybe we'll have an opportunity of shooting an elk. So that, that's the concept that, accessing high alpine rafting down the river access, hiking into the mountains hunting sheep for a number of days and then eventually having a long float out so that's concept so for something like that there the logistics of challenges of it are like the the cost alone is significant two two big cost factors here are um the cost of the boats and the cost of the flight in and the the boat investments about Two thousand dollars, and that's not that's not including, say, like a wetsuit or a dry suit in this case, or something that you can you know safely raft down a river, and if you get bucked from your boat, not freeze to death and die. Um, so like the input costs are closer to four thousand dollars, or potentially five thousand when you're done buying miscellaneous other ultralight gear that you think you can justify buying for something like this. <laughs> Jenny's already on that program. <laughs> Uh, got new binos. Oh, yeah, those are pretty binos. <gasps> so excited. <laughs> I've been bugging Jenny for years about her binos and that it's the most important piece of equipment in a yeah. So big upgrade <laughs> to Nikon. Which ones did you get? Nikon eight by forty two. Forty twos. Monarch sevens, which is I'm such a gear nerd. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what I do. I'm like trying to work in some product promote, like product placement of the podcast in search of like potential, you know, sponsors down the road. So I was like, wanted to lay out that, yeah, nine gone Monarch 7 is for 8x42 high ED glass. Yeah. Uh, super durable, like like 25 year warranty. You can't beat the deal. No, I didn't like, buy the warranty. <laughs> I didn't buy it. She wanted an extra 30, 130 bucks. She was a terrible saleswoman. She's like, you want the warranty? I'm like, I don't know. She's like one hundred thirty dollars. She's shaking her head. I was like, okay, no thanks. Well, they, they, they're they're Nikon's. They come with a warranty. That's what I thought. Well, I, I I've sent back several, many, many pairs of Nikon's of, over the Why years. Why did you do that? That's not a very good product. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I break them. <laughs> I, I, I well, do bad things them. to them. Like drop okay. them off cliffs, and they like the glass breaks. It. Okay, it's not their you're, fault. It's clearly okay. operator error. You're you're pushing the gear to its limit. Yeah. yeah. But, but nothing nothing like an epic trip to provide oh, yeah. you with a reason to go out and get some pretty sweet gear. Oh, for sure. Okay, we'll talk gear in a bit, because gear's fun. We can talk about that for a long time. Um, and there may be a separate podcast or something on the gear list. Is probably I think we're probably more about how a trip like this comes together for this conversation. We'll see how long we stay at it. Well, uh, this is the most organization I've ever done for a trip, which I'm pretty proud of myself already, because I'm the type of person that would buy a dry suit and a 
new pair of binoculars at a gas station on the way up somewhere. Which <laughs> <laughs> maybe where I got my last pair of binoculars seven years ago. <laughs> well, and that's, okay, so, and that's part of this process, right? Like, it's, it's about, like, we've talked about this hunt. So, I think we got really serious about committing to this hunt about probably pre-COVID, two or three months ago. We had a couple of series of Zoom calls where originally there was a fourth person, our, our, uh, our good friend Scott, who was keen to come and with COVID and a second baby and a few other obstacles in life, um, he couldn't justify taking two weeks off in the summer uh, to come join us on this adventure. So he, he pulled out about a month ago and that, and then we were kind of, we were in, we were interviewing people to be our, our fourth person. And uh, that process was sort of, we just had a bunch of friends over for dinner and I told you guys, we had you guys here for dinner and I was like, when, yeah, the last dinner party we had, there was a couple of candidates that we weren't sure who we'd go with out of that out of that group of fellows that were here. Uh, we know I didn't mention it to anybody other than you guys. Oh, like, I've no memory. Silent. Of that. This is a silent, uh, silent interview. Silent interview. I was yeah. like, who, who do you warm more to? Who would you want to spend two weeks in a little boat with? Uh, well, with so that in mind, just the three of us are going. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you, Dylan, picked up someone on the river today, though, that might be a good. Uh... <laughs> we were looking for a so okay let's just we keep going down the so we, we're looking for just you know things. you have two weeks of trying to get us to focus <laughs> no, I know. I'm trying to bring us into like I've got this list it's scripted out it's on a whiteboard keep pointing to the point the next point we're supposed to be talking about um, no but picking your group so for me like this is there's a couple things that I need and and one of the things that I in a trip like this you need the resources we kind of hit on that so we Collectively, we've all have the budget to invest in a trip like this, as well as um, the uh, the time. That's another big thing. Is that you, we all collectively have holidays enough that we can pull a trip off like this, and and uh, and can negotiate with the rest of our people who rely on us in life um, to uh, Jenny's just sort of think. Or he's just a little. <laughs> 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 Could let your roommates know you're leaving for two yeah. weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. You won't be able to feed them. So. Yeah, I won't be able to feed them. Yeah, and there's a couple other people that'll they're gonna miss my their fun friend, but it's okay. Yeah, no development bike with for a couple weeks. The other thing I think we need, which especially considering some, of, especially your hunting mentors, which are now my hunting mentors, is you need um, strength. You mm-hmm. need to be strong. This mm-hmm. is a different hunt, so. Yeah, I mean, I would love to do this trip with Jeff. Yeah, and Pete. Yeah. Or Larry, but physically you have to be um, physically capable of doing this and be willing to um, and work hard. And it's, it's even something I said about my good friend Dave. I was like, I don't know if Dave wants to work this hard on a hunt. Like he just, this is not like he loves to hunt. He loves to hang out. But like, I'm not sure if Dave, Dave would love the torture of you know eight to ten days with a backpack. Uh, you know a 70 pound backpack on grinding up the hills just to look at sheep and likely not killing one. Like I kind of love that in a weird suffering way, but for some people that is, that's really torturous if it's not their thing. Um, so it, it's gotta be that you've got to be tough enough. You've got to have the finances. You got to have the time off. You got to have the freedom from commitments in other parts of your life. And what other things? What sense of adventure. Well, what are we high on in this group? 
Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not high at all. <laughs> what am I missing out on, you guys? <laughs> when you stepped out to grab the beer, Jenny, Dylan, and I, we <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, the 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 spirit and the commitment and the 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 drive, the excitement for it. You know, if you're not, if you're kind of wishy washy about it, then you you may be that person that pulls out two days before the trip, and then that really leaves the rest of your team in a lurch. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't have risk of that. Um, but you also can't have risk of being on a, you know, on a ten or a twelve day hunt without someone that you just want to spend that time with, that you could find a way to do it. Like, like I've done a couple of trips with Rob, like a good, like, and I'm just like so, like, how, like I'm so lucky to have. Okay, this is probably the most important one is you have to have people that are willing to put up with you because <laughs> I love Rob so much because you know he's such a competent uh hunter and he's a super competent mountain guy like he oh. just knows mountains and he's been on search and rescue for years and there's a podcast a while back around you know Rob really talking about safety in the mountains and some some really good stuff in that one um but the best part about Rob, because he we work together in BC Parks and we do eat wild together, he just puts up with my me, and he has so much patience <laughs> with me as a person, and, and like my idiosyncrasies and challenges that I deal with, and being a bit of a controlling person, um, and in some aspects of the stuff I do, particularly hunting and fishing, which I'm very like I kind of want to do it a certain way because I'm good at it, and I want to have success, so I'm very kind of driven in some areas, and like if you're a person that needs to do it your way. And it's not the same way as I do it. You might hear about it from me that it's the wrong way, even though it's probably the right, another way. <laughs> but it's just not my way, and I'll make sure you know that. <laughs> but I think, especially well for me, I was thinking about this on our elk hunt. Is if you go on a hunt for eight or ten days, it's really great to be like, oh, I'm no, I think my best chance of killing an elk is just to go off on my own this morning. Whereas. I just need to go off on my own. <laughs> just going to need four hours to wander through the woods. And yeah, I'll put in a solid effort, but it's it's time. Because it's pretty, you're, we're, you're close together. <laughs> like literally centimeters apart when you're in those boats. Well, I guess we'll all have our own boat by then. Smaller tents to save weight, so. Well, but it's just a lot of, it's a lot of together time. It's a, it's a lot of decision making. It's a lot of collective group decision making. That, that you ha- mostly do. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, um, and I, I appreciate that. And like, but also, there's, there's, you have to manage that dynamic because, you know, like I, you know, I have my own needs. Like, I've got a vision for the hunt and how it could work out. It's a lot of thought behind why that is, and it's probably going to be founded in a lot of the research we'll talk about eventually in one of these podcasts and and some of the conversations I've had with biologists and other people that have hunted in the area. So, like. There's a lot that informs that decision. And like, I'm totally like, but like when I hunt with Jeff or other people who have a, like a vast amount of knowledge to draw on and be like, well, there's other aspects. Like, I'm open to that. I like, I'm just not super patient if you're just stubborn about what you want to do and not incorporate all this other knowledge. And like, I do believe in collective decision making and I'm actually pretty good at it. If I, <laughs> I mean, think about all the decision points when we were fishing last weekend. Should we go fish Lincoln? But your Halibut? idea of collective decision making is getting everyone on board with what you want to do. That seems like collective decision making to me. I have to say though, it, for, for me, I go out hunting a lot with, with a lot of people who are a lot newer to hunting than I am. And often on these trips, I end up being, that resource and and providing the information and 
there are some hunts that I just want to go on and just hang out and maybe learn from someone who has more experience from me and not have to be be constantly thinking about, oh, how can I make this a learning opportunity for the for the other people on the hunt? I do love doing that. Like, like a lot of my my full time job is is teaching other folks stuff, so I do enjoy doing it. However, every once in a while, I love the opportunity to take a hunt with someone who has so many years of experience. Dylan, you have many many years of experience hunting, and you also have many mentors with many more years of experience, and you're drawing on that too. For me, it's a treat to to go out on some epic hunt with you, and be able to take a take a break a little bit, frankly, <laughs> and not yeah. and not have to be driving a lot of the decisions and informing the why of a lot of the decisions. It's it's a it's a real treat for me. No, appreciate that. That's cool, and I I totally get that. I I do this thing. So it, <laughs> I fish like probably four trips to the west coast a year and I I love the experience of taking somebody out to the west coast and showing them that experience because there's nothing like it when it works like when it works and you like them that spring fishing and it goes off and people are just like I cannot believe this it's just like six 20 pound salmon in the bottom of the boat and then you go off and catch a couple of halibut and well there's eagles and whales and bears oh like, that too yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> like all the other it. things and just the just the la yeah what is it you know, they'll call it 18th century sublime mm-hmm. like landscapes around like just yeah. spectacularness and like and then you go camp on the beach and then you make like what we had uni and oysters. You know, oh. Just like, like the experience is so freaking awesome. And like, I love sharing that. Only is if I share it with somebody new, the, the your job is way more, right? Yeah. And so I've taken, well, I mean, I've taken, I, when I go to Nuka, I just go with someone who can fish, they can camp, they can do all the things that have to happen. And, and there's no like, Oh, can you gas up the boat or can you pack the ice over here or can you reel that fish in or can you tie that knot? Can you reel that fish in? Can I typically I'll do that. Properly, Jenny. You know? <laughs> Without losing it again, Jenny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Are um, we having that fish later tonight? Is that the one we're gonna be enjoying? No, that one's too big. That one's too big. <laughs> <laughs> but we had like I mean and, and I've done this trip. I did the nooka with, with Dave and Jeff, who were just outstanding fishermen. And oh. I just like, it was just so nice to sit. Like, Dave would drive the boat the whole time. I would just like get the chance to fish. I could be the newbie and Jeff would tell everybody what to do. It was great. And like, I love that feeling. So oh. I, I totally identify with that. So I, I, I enjoy this. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I also know that like I can trust your judgment at any point and you're always going to be like, hey, what's next? What has to happen? And like, I'm ready to get to work here. What's going to go on? And, and Jenny, you're amazing for that. Like you just know how all the steps that happen with this stuff. We've been doing it for a while together. So, so I'm super confident that that work part of the trip, the commitment part of the trip, that we've got a great team uh, that we're going with, and and, and the fun factor is going to be out off the charts. And there, I think we're also really good at hunting between the three of us too. And that's the other piece is like, I love taking new hunters out. It's fun, but like it may not result in a successful hunt necessarily all the time. If someone's going through that learning curve and sometimes you just want to have a successful hunt. And so, you know, I, I'm happy to mentor people and support them and have them find their way. But something like this, I want to make sure that we have, we, we're collectively making the right decisions towards a successful hunt or as successful as it can be. Um, and I think we can do that. I'm excited about it. 
Because you're the only one that has hunted for sheep before. Yes, but you guys, hunting for sheep is one thing, but it's also, I mean, when I say hunting, I'm thinking about like, almost like. All the like, peripherals that All come the with peripherals, it. like just the simple <laughs> things about like how to get up in the morning and get at it, right? And yeah. how to manage the wind and how to like, you know. The sheep get up and the, the big sheep stand up in the evenings. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I just want the biggest one, so I'm going to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we spent 24 minutes just getting around to like why we pick good people but it's to have a great dynamic to be confident because ultimately when you're out there like i mean there are you have to be reliant and i think i'm going to try and find a way to run the series of podcasts that we did uh we were stuck in the tent for for like four straight days uh, while we got hammered by a winter storm in the middle of August last year in the Cassiers. Not a pleasant experience. And that was a fly-in. That wasn't like, oh, let's pop out to the store and grab a bag of chips. No, no. We were we were in a tent with nowhere to go. Yeah. And if things, if the tent either got destroyed or, you know, any number of things could have happened and that we would have been exposed and could have not been in a good situation. There's no, there's no chance of rescue because it's a complete whiteout the whole time that we were up there. So... Hey, but the group dynamic inside the tent of us like cooperating to survive was really cool. And, that's amazing. Yeah, and I think we've got it on a podcast. I just have to roll it out somehow. But that's super important. Okay, I'm looking at my list. What else we got here? So the other part of of an adventure trip is kind of coming up with the idea of what the adventure is, and and that's kind of my favorite part is sort of dreaming up a concept that would. It kind of, like, I think I start thinking about my next trip about a day or two before the last trip ends. Yeah. <laughs> like, it feeds me, you know, the idea of the next trip. Well, you're coming off of it. You're getting a bit sad. You're like, oh, this is almost almost over. And you need something to look forward to. I used to get made fun of. My best friend and I got made fun of because we'd start planning next weekend on Sunday evening. It's <laughs> a thing, right? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But you definitely, like, yeah, so... I look forward and it, and it feeds me. And like, I think that planning this trip was kind of what in mean, COVID has been a bitch. Like just mm. like, it kind of sucks your, I mean, all the obvious things about COVID that are terrible and sad. And like, and, and the news of the world is, is it just compounds how sad things are, are. So a little daydreaming now and again, really like is a great place to lift your spirits. And, you know, I having a trip that you can start to research and think about and scope out and 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 have these positive fond thoughts of what it's going to be like it's a great like a great thing to have and well i'm you i don't know i get this is the hunt i've been most excited about because i think it's the most wilderness hunt and i've never done it a fly-in hunt and i've always been really excited and i want to get farther away and farther away from my truck because if you're getting bored or you're having a bad day you're like, I'm like it's okay i'm going sheep hunting <laughs> i'm going sheep hunting with selena and dylan it's okay yeah it's so true. I, I feel very, very fortunate to still have a job where so many people around me are being laid off. And and so very grateful for that. Very grateful for this trip. And there, there's this stress of being at work and doing all this extra work because of this, this new world that we're living in. And and to have to have this, this, this thing in the future to look forward to and to plan for. So much of the hours of our days are... are are spent struggling really and to have this to have this to, to look forward to is huge yeah so i think everybody should have an adventure trip to look yeah. forward to whatever and i and i mean all hunters do this i mean they all have some <laughs> awesome trip they're looking forward to whether it's the 
you know, deer hunt with the family at the same spot that, you know, they look forward to it fondly. But I like, I love the part about the researching. And, and so it's the researching the mountains, the area, the species. Uh, in this case, we've, we're, we're starting, we're, we're figuring out pack rafting. So we've got this whole other, like, you know, whitewater rafting. It's a whole new element of gear with pack rafts, what they're capable of doing. Um, so all those elements are, are pretty like, you know, significant and, and, but you can do a deep dive into any of them. And, you know, we've got Jack O'Connor books, both that are, you know, yeah. that were, that were, that were both, uh, to our friend, um, well, you tell the story. Well, again, this is one adventure feeding another and being lucky enough to have these mentors is sitting on the dock at, uh, Banfield last weekend, post, uh, post fishing and, getting to talk to Jeff and I said Jeff you ever been sheep hunting and that's all I need to say <laughs> and then I have to start and focusing step back. and remembering what he's saying and basking it up and, and his stories are funny and entertaining and he has so much experience there and he's like oh he's like, yeah I got some books for you so he gave us I mean these books are from 1974 and they sure look like it they're super cool and uh, those some reading ahead for sure <laughs> Jack O'Connor is a Sort of a piece of right for I think it's Outdoor Life magazine, which is one of the f- I think it's right is one of the first you know hunting related magazines, and it was fairly popular back in the day. And this Jack O'Connor wrote for them, and he's he was a passionate uh, sheep hunter, and he's got some great stories of being in Northern British Columbia and hunting sheep. So we've got his couple of his books on sheep, which we'll dive into here. So look forward to that. Well, it's a bit of a, it's cool to have both, I think, because I've been watching a lot of sheep hunting YouTube videos, which are pretty entertaining and lots of good info there. Yeah. So. Well, if you if you need me to take the deep dive about the animals, I can, uh, I can be the, the subject expert in the team for that. Well, I was pretty happy already <laughs> because, I mean, if you listen to our bison podcast, there may have been, at least on my part, a lack of research done. So, showing up. <laughs> We didn't know what bison shit looked like. And Selena has already described to me today what sheep shit looks like. So I feel miles and miles ahead already. We haven't even landed yet. Yeah. Yeah, we're already there. Amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. There's a there's a lot of diversity actually in their dropping, so yeah, we'll 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 do a little a little demo together with uh, some plasticine and we'll make sure that you're you're feeling really comfortable with it. Okay. Like it, and then aging. I guess we're getting your Dylan's gonna freak out because I'm getting way ahead of myself. Well, this whole planning that's, process that's, with that's, the aging is like. Well, that's I mean a whole other thing. Okay, we'll we'll get we'll, we'll, well actually what we'll do is that we'll get a, a sheep expert on our podcast and we'll talk to them about looking at sheep and aging sheep and and how to do that. And I I can think of a couple people that might jump on here. Hopefully, do that with us. So that's my biggest trepidation of this trip. Oh, for sure, and yeah. and. You know, this will be my probably my fifth dedicated sheep hunt, not including many, many times while elk hunting, chasing sheep, which has been casual sheep hunting. Casual three to five day <laughs> casual sheep hunts, but this is like probably like my fourth or fifth or sixth fly in or like ten day or right. So you brought in the ringers. Finally, yeah, yeah, enough of this. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I and I mean I've seen I've seen lots of sheep. And I've never shot a sheep, and 
And I've actually never really been close to shooting a sheep. Like I, I, I've seen like a handful of full curl legal rams, uh, actually three in one group that was just like too far away to ever get to. And like I seen, I saw one other that I was probably a full curl. I just couldn't get positioned to really see him. And I've seen like a handful of sheep that are probably legal that I've looked at for hours and hours and hours and counted their rings and been like, well, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, I know it's definitely legal. And then I go, well, I count one more time. One, two, three. Oh, maybe, maybe that's just seven. No, it's got to be legal. Look at the size of his bases. And, look at the like, and you just, like, it would be so difficult to shoot a sheep without it being completely full curl. And that just doesn't happen that often. Like, just to see, you know, like, it's very difficult to do. And, um, anyways, I'm very keen to, to continue to try this but every one of these hunts has been you know some of them are just spectacular like when the weather works out and there's sheep around it like it's spectacular so yeah i mean yeah wandering around the alpine forever and you know and, and besides that you come back to like i got i got some serious covid post covid body to you gotta deal with that beforehand <laughs> well i'm gonna work on it <laughs> We got five weeks, Dylan. Chop chop. Chop chop. Five weeks to get So watch for dinner, deep fresh fish. (laughs) You want fries. You're like, I want fries. Hey, I went to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) I traded Lincoln with my uh, gym instructor and I was like, it's best deep fried. We both looked at each other and she burst out laughing. I'm like, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to make it any less true. (laughs) So we have so to good. build up our. Should probably grill it. Oh. Okay, so this is the last. Yeah, oh, put a rather than ruin a good piece of ling. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Well, we, this is the last COVID meal: beer and fried fish tonight. And let's cut out the potatoes and just go with salad. Call it good. Potato salad. Fair is fair. Deep fried. Deep fried potato salad. Oh. <laughs> All right, back on task here. We did bring up, an, I, there's one thing that's on our list, and just to go to, like, it's kind of training. I think that we just kind of run up. And yeah. Then, like, you do, for sure. Like, the, well, to go on a trip like this, like, you want to be in shape. You want to be physically capable. And I, I mean, we're pretty lucky. We all live fairly active lives and physically, like, stepping out of a plane with a 70 or 60 pound pack on, like, it's doable for all of us physically. Um, that maybe this year's the exception. <laughs> I don't feel terribly <laughs> awesome, but um, it's it's hard. A lot of people are working from home; they're not doing their regular routine. And and if we're being conscientious and we're not trying to get into groups of new people and open up our bubbles, we're not going on all these hikes that we normally would with our friends, or these these epic long bike trips, or doing the physical activity that we normally would do. So it's kind of compounding the. The lack of getting into shape and being prepared for this trip. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to sitting down and creating a calendar of building up. Because the last thing I want to do is get up on that mountain and say, yeah, I'm ready for this. And it never hurts the first day. Mm. <laughs> and then that first time out, day two, you're like, oh, this is going to be hard tomorrow. That's still going to happen. <laughs> I feel like, no matter what kind of amazing shape you're in. Yeah, I just this is no way like you like to get into what they call sheep shape where you're just able to climb mountains comfortably. Like I kinda get into it usually like by November. I'm mm. kinda like I started I start pounding mountains in, in usually August and then actually usually by elk season I'm like 
because I get two weeks of sheep hunting and then two weeks of elk hunting. Elk, elk hunting is pretty like pretty sustained climb all day where we hunt, and then usually there's a couple of elk out, so it's a good you can get a couple of good grunt days, and then you wind up climbing a couple of sheep mountains towards the end of the trip if you're <laughs> if you've got an elk down. So like those are great, but it takes me like a good solid like. So if it was if it was the other way around, it'd be better. If sheep season came after mm, maybe building up my elk it. season and deer season, then I'd be really physically spit. Yeah, but. that's why I like that. Like sheep, elk, can, and biking can flow into skiing. And I, oh, that's nice. the natural flow. Yeah. <laughs> I just think I'm going to enjoy myself more the better mm. shape, doesn't it? Yeah, just I think key. that's key. Yeah. It's just, just just like you know, being able to slowly, consistently climb up a mountain and have a conversation, and not just have like the the dialogue in your head just being like, I hate you, I hate you, why are you doing this to me? I hate you, I hate you. This hill will never end. I hate you. Well, and also when I get to the top, I'd like to be like able to get out my spotting scope without shaking and then mm. make up a conscientious plan. And yeah. Uh, I hope just... my um my my tradition of abusing myself on the slopes of Pemberton hunting year mm. after year. Um I hope that's gonna be Close to sheep shape. That mountain is steep. That is nasty. I don't think I'll ever go back. <laughs> That's right. You came out with that one time, oh. but I I enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. Being able to to climb and and you're using your hands while you're climbing and I <laughs> That's steep. and rope and like, wow. Just Three points of contact at all times. Actually, those are massive black. They are <laughs> massive. Um. But getting them out is really easy. Down is just weird. <laughs> Tenderized. Yeah. yeah. And then and then the other sort of hunts that I that I like doing where, where it's on the bluffs and it's very steep. I I really enjoy that and the, the um the challenge of having to be very focused all the time. And if you put your foot in the wrong place, that slope is, is so steep it's very unforgiving. And you better you better be very present through this whole trip. Yeah, for sure. That's a great. That's a presence. Like, yeah, being there's presence. <laughs> Tenderloins. Oh. Sheep ribs over a fire. Oh, I'm excited about having somebody who's to talk about sheep with us and like yeah. really break it down. That's cool. Okay. It's great okay. So so for sure, getting in shape and just like. Oh yeah, getting in shape and kind of building up your strength because you're right. You know, so you know, like you know, making you know, not only having to be focused, just like physically being able to withstand what we're taking on because we're all, you know, if one of us gets hurt, the trip's over. Right? Yeah. So it's something I talk about a lot. It's like just being super mindful and being super careful as you do this stuff, like not taking on additional risks because if you. If you do that, you're just putting, not only you put yourself at risk, you're putting this whole effort and this trip at risk. And as much as I'll be very sore that, you know, I'm so sorry, Jenny, that you broke your ankle. Like, I'll be actually quite upset that we've all <laughs> missed on this trip of a lifetime. Or oh, I thought you'd just shoot me. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, she's lame. <laughs> I'll just leave misery. you with the, with the in-reach and you could, you know. That's fair. Just, I, her, I don't know. We're here on our own. We're on a little background <laughs> trip. Us, Lena and I, we I don't know I, her. I saw another campfire down the down the river. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah that's me. Cool, group. cool. I'm sure my horses <laughs> will be coming around to get me <laughs> in no yeah. time. Well, sweater, I don't know. I don't know how she got no, that. No, you gave yeah, that we, to me. We so I wouldn't die. 
<laughs> just a lone <laughs> sheep on her. <laughs> All right. Really impressive, actually. All right, so. <laughs> but she's hurt. <laughs> okay, so the other one that we've spent a bit of time talking about the early stages of this is like setting expectations of what this trip, the reality of this trip could be. <laughs> And this is, this is a challenge because like it's, I've been sort of saying this. I'm like, Hey, I've invested a lot of time and money and not time and trips and adventures into doing this type of adventure trips. And like last year's adventure trip turned into four dudes sitting in a tent for living out a snowstorm. And it was a bit of a bit of, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a buzzkill. <laughs> we made the best of it, but I mean, really, like, you have these visions of, like, skipping around on Alpine looking at caribou for, you know, 10 days with your best friends in the world. And then next thing you know, you're sitting in a tent with four of your best friends in the world. And Telling the same stories over and over. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny is that we, we brought in um, uh, quite a bit of camera gear to film it. And so we were going to do a production, and Alex is a talented filmmaker, but some nice cameras and stuff. But he had to bring a laptop in because he um, he uh, had to dump a bunch of the data as we went, right? Because there's a lot of information that we're collecting, or a lot of data we're collecting on the cards. Um, so we actually, as we're sitting in this tent riding out the snowstorm for like, I think it was like 72 hours of being tent-bound, we actually could watch... He had a bunch of shows download on his hard drive. So he was like watching documentaries here. We actually watched the, um, the OJ Simpson, um, oh, wow. documentary on like his life, like his beginnings of his life and his football career, right to the tragic, well, the many tragic ends of his oh, yeah. Yeah, thing. Anyways, it was, uh, what was it? What was it called? Uh, Anyways, it was fascinating. Anyways, it was sort of weird being like in the middle of nowhere, the most beautiful thing <laughs> in the world, and we're watching this horrible story of O.J. Simpson. Wow, that, talk about contrast. Yeah, totally. But it was, we just all like we just like have to huddle up in the tent. And we'd like build a big couch. And we'd all like, <laughs> like lay into our couch with like puffy stuff. For a minute, yeah, a yeah. minute, you can forget the storm outside. Yeah, yeah, and be like, no, it's, it's all right. Yeah, totally. Just make the best of it. Can you go to the fridge and grab me another. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, Sorry. We did have some beer, maybe. We didn't go that did you bring beer on that trip? Uh, well, we, we flew in some beer into the base camp, which uh, lasted for a while. And then yeah. Ran out. Which will so be a different design. Well, that's a different design this trip because oh, yeah, everything, well, there's there's no base camp. Well, there will be the smaller rafts, base camps along the way. Yeah, the rafts. I'm calling it the whiskey trip. The whiskey trip. Okay. <laughs> we have a. So okay, well let's move on to gearing up. Okay, so well, well no, we we didn't get fast setting expectations. So setting expectations are like it might it might be a repeat of that. Like like as much as all the concepts in your mind play out, the reality is is that like we are going into wilderness. Weather is a, can be a bitch, can be challenging, and can really you know not allow us to fulfill our objectives of this trip. The reality of sheep hunting is it's very hard to cover the ground needed to cover and there there's a lot of things that can happen on a sheep trip from not finding sheep to being scooped by other hunters or guides that are out there that know the area way better than you and they're they're way they're on the sheep way before you are and you know there's a lot of things that have happened to me over the years on sheep hunts that have like resulted in um unsuccessful hunts well successful in other ways but 
if I don't think we should like we don't need to take three guns up the mountain. <laughs> Nor do we need three G tags. <laughs> We're not bringing three guns. Well, what I'm trying to say is like the reality of sheep hunting is that the chances of actually seeing a shooter sheep is low. So therefore, we don't need three guns. Who's shooting someone else's gun? I'm not. Well, no, but I, I, this I, is why I, these expectations need to be discussed. <laughs> This is what I'm discussing. <laughs> Very publicly. <laughs> well, I'm trying to point out that, like, that in the end, we're all going to take guns. And in the end, we'll probably all take spotting scores and, and way down. But the, the, like, it is not really like it's the chances of us seeing three legal rams on this trip are extremely low. That I understand. Yeah. But if, well, I bring my gun. Well, I just want to, the, the, <laughs> absolutely. We're probably all going to bring our guns, and that's just how it's going to be. But, but realistically, when you cut well, after wandering around with a gun in your back and a pocket full of bullets for ten days, and if we're lucky enough to see one sheep and shoot it, yeah, or if we're lucky enough to see two sheep and shoot it with the same gun, that that actually makes a lot of sense because now we're down ten pounds of camp weight, right? So. It's just something that, like, you could, you could, anyways, the point of this is that, like, it's important to, to talk about these expectations of a trip up front so that. Okay, well, so we're made, man, make sure we're, we're actually communicating. I'm not on board with that plan. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'm bringing my gun anyways, too. So, okay. Just suggesting that as a. Well, you know, on, on day five of, of blowing snow, possibly, I can stay back at camp. Make sure all the sleeping bags are nice and warmed up for, for the two of you when you get back. <laughs> Putting it out there. Day five of abuse. Maybe maybe I'll fix things up at camp. Selena yeah. wants a rest day. I'm more than fair. <laughs> that should be discussed too. Rest days are important. Oh, this is good. Rest days. <laughs> what? That's about it, yeah. Rest well, day is day 11. floating past. Am I giving up too much information? Some place where you can. No. Okay. <laughs> That's a good spot for a rest day. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot of good spots. Anywhere. Anywhere on that on the sandbar is a beautiful sunny yeah. day. Yeah, hop in the hop in the river. Oof, a little bad. <laughs> <laughs> Clean up day. No. Um, anyways, but man anyways, it's managing expectations. Like on this trip, our goal is to spend you know, six to eight days in the Alpine looking at sheep, um, camping up in the Alpine. Um, and then we're gonna have probably four days to drift out. Um, of which we're going to be in really good elk country the whole way. So as we drift down the rivers, we'll be able to set up for morning hunts, evening hunts in good elk country. If we, and we should be able to kill an elk, um, given that I mean, it's early season, so we're not able to call them. But I, I have a feeling based on previous years of being in this country, uh, sheep hunting, like like there's just no shortage of elk just laying around in the mountains, um, and we should be able to spot them then. Get one, I hope. They're so delicious. They're so delicious. Um, elk is very good. So if we shoot, you know, if we've already got three sheep, we're probably only going to shoot one elk, like a small elk, a small elk, yeah, yeah just a like small elk. five five pointer, not, not a whole six pointer. <laughs> well, we don't need a just need three plus. True, we only need three points. So yeah. Um, um, okay, so setting expectations, also setting expectations about like, like. I mean, are we going to hike every day? Are we going to have rest days? All these things we have to discuss. And we're, and we're discussing those now as part of this conversation. Okay. 
the next fun thing is practice. So what did we do today, Selena? Oh, we spent the day on the water. It was fantastic. Brought out the same rafts that we're going to be using on this trip. Jenny brought a bag and tried to weigh it down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to, to start to get used to, not necessarily the gear we're going to be bringing, but just the weight, to, to get used to the weight in there. And spent the day on the water, which was fantastic. I've never used these rafts before. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I stuffed my sleeping bag and my thermorest into inside the actual raft. Yeah, that's cool. That worked well. And a uh, pack, which probably weighed about 40 pounds up front, to see what the result would be. And the boats traveled really well. I really like those rafts. Yeah, so we, we've been doing this thing about uh, kind of loading. Well, we started out with two rafts. And Jane and I, just part of our COVID getting outside plan was to just go raft rivers. Because it was self-isolation and it was relatively safe. And we met you know, in Squamish and... and spent I don't know, we probably did it four or five times and just kind of got comfortable with the boats and then selena committed on board of the trip and one of the things that i just really wanted to get you on that boat to be like oh i get what we're doing okay this makes sense all right and now we're into full planning mode which is today and we're going to sit down after this and look at our gear list and start talking about the gear we got to buy but that first step for us is practicing and building up comfort that this is something we can do and building up the skills of navigating rivers and these little boats and and now we're loading the boats up with gear to figure out how much we can pack in it comfortably and how they perform. And again, just every time we go down that river, today was a high water day, so it was much more, way more river like than we've done up till now in terms of the size of the waves. Um, less obstacles to navigate around, just bigger waves, I think. I don't think they were much bigger than last time. Oh, no way. They were really? way bigger, yeah. Oh, I am getting comfortable in my little boat. Yeah. Right. And my sheep ship. The little sheep ship? My sheep ship. The sheep ship. <laughs> yeah, it was great because I got to try the wetsuit today, too. Oh, yeah. have water get thrown all over me. And and that was very convincing that I'm like, ooh, ah, dry suit, big investment. Mm, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting there all cozy in my little dry suit. <laughs> yeah, so the... the um, the worst thing I think I could have done was just show up the day before this adventure and have never used the gear, have never been out there on the water and be like, well, it's probably going to work out fine. I trust it with Jenny. It's probably going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> trust, but verify. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's out there verifying today and I'm looking forward to getting out on the water even more as much as possible between now and then. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put some days together where we can run the river. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. We have a third boat coming from, so we bought our boats from Alpaca, uh, and they are, well, pack rats. I think our, our boats weigh like, oh, I don't know, um, like nine, well, I think the big boats are like nine pounds and the little boat's seven pounds or something like that. Maybe a few more pounds, but they, they, they pack up. You can put them on top of your pack and then they're, they're apparently this miracle fabric that doesn't get ripped or punctured or, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, I'm... and we tested it today. You and I, we got stuck on some rocks today. That was and... really entertaining to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying I to shimmy that. our way just over found... these rocks. I was like, "That's it. I'm getting out of the boat." I just got a little eddy in. <laughs> so, well, these are and these are like, you know, I'd much rather have a catastrophic screw up on the Mamclam River, where we shimmy across some rocks and tear the floor out, or. You know, we had a couple that we rubbed up against some rocks pretty good as well. Yeah. And and I'd like to know if that's going to rupture the these pontoons or not, right? It's, so 
much rather have it happen there where we can step stand up and walk out and then walk to the road and be like, damn it. <laughs> Whereas we <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. Which is something we've got to be like super mindful of on the trip. Like, let's have all our screw ups now while we're practicing and running our gear and getting used to it. Um, so we have, I'm hopeful that, um, I contacted the alpaca raft folks who've, and, uh, they've given a bunch of information. Um, I've had a bunch of questions around the rafts and, and, and durability and design and, um, but they've offered to have someone from their team come and join us for our next conversation. Fantastic. So, so we can ask a bunch of questions. Now that we've all been on the river a bunch, um, we can ask a bunch of questions about how the boats perform and, and whatnot. So I'm excited about that conversation as well. So we've got some work to do. Packing. Oh, my God. Talking. Yeah. Talking. Talking. Well, researching, <laughs> right? So this is my last point, and we're going we're gonna to wrap up here. It's like, like the biggest part of something that's to be successful is to do the research. And there's so many – oh, is Claire coming in? Here she comes. Claire, Claire's like, hey guys, it's time for the yeah. dinner. Let's go hang out. Um, but research. And that's like, it's super fun to do the research and it'll help, you know, make, on one hand, it'll make our trip more successful. Like if we do good research on where sheep are and where we can look, like we're going to mine that like crazy. Yeah. Um, and we're going to try and figure out where our best place to invest those 10 or eight, eight days that we have on with the backpacks on. Like where are we going? We're going to look for trails to get to those places. We're going to look for those, you know, high density sheep ranges that, anyway, that's research. But the other half of the research is like, how do we reduce our risk to, to as close to zero as possible by knowing more about this river? That's the guy I met, I thought was chatting with on the river. Like he was talking about there's river maps that you can get that actually maps out where all the rapids are on the river and, cool. and the cl and classes and the different, and so, Maybe we have a longer chat about that. So, um, and, uh, but anyways, as we do this research, we'll learn these things and we'll learn more about how to be better rafters and safer rafters. And, oh, the other thing we have to do, and maybe we'll even get Christy. It'll be fun to get Christy out. She's so fun. Um, she's our raft guide who's going to do a day of training with us. So she's going to come out on the boat to this and then, oh, I got, I got we got to look at that on our schedule and book it with her. But she's going to jump on a boat with us and, and just kind of walk through 101 whitewater rafting um, in, a, in, a, in a kayak. and It's awesome. Yeah, and she's, she's super fun. So maybe we can get her on the podcast as well, talking about rafting safety. And safety is. All right. I think we've chatted already for an hour or darn near close. So maybe we'll wrap it up here. Thank you, guys. And now I can make the dinner. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we'll we'll take our next steps and plan on this trip. So Yeah. I'm looking forward to all of it. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, meeting a lot of good people. Yeah, it's going to be tons of fun. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and uh, we're going to probably talk about this a bit more. So come join us in a couple of weeks. We'll probably have another podcast up. Um, if you haven't uh, checked it out, um, there's uh, we're, we're doing a bunch of our stuff online now. We're doing some webinars online, which you can check out. There's also the Eat Wild app, which if you haven't checked it out, it's a great tool for this upcoming hunting season. We're just... Uh, updating it to include the new hunting regulations for here in BC. Yes. I use that app every time I go hunting. That gear list is amazing. If I go for a day oh. hunt, it's the gear list I use all the time. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. We should look. I mean, I, I'd like to My update faith. the gear list again, too. Um, I'll do a couple updates on that app. Anyways, okay. Well, lots of fun stuff. Anyways, we'll see you back here on the Well podcast uh, on the on the next episode. And thanks for all for joining us. Thank you guys for doing this. I appreciate you uh -huh. hanging out with Thanks, Great to be here. Thanks for dinner. Okay. Awesome. Bye.